Welcome everybody to today's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. Oh boy, have we had an a interesting week. There's been lots of things that have come out during the news. Now just to remind you, I do these on a regular basis, in fact every week. And the reason I do them is to make you more intelligent, so to make sure that you make better decisions, because better decisions make more money. And in this market, I tell you, that's what you want to be doing because there's plenty out there to be making lots of money on right now. Now, if you're listening to me on any of the platforms where I'm doing this as a podcast, I really super encourage you to go across to my website, iloverealestate.tv, and make sure that you get all of my charts because, uh, you know, I've got a big research team behind me that put all this stuff together for me and we talk about it and what's happening, etc. So I've got lots and lots of information to share with you and uh, make sure that you, you know, you get those charts as well and subscribe. So that way you get notified that these come out to you all the time. So you, you're staying on top of exactly what's going on in the property space and not necessarily buying into a lot of the mainstream media stuff, which the information isn't always accurate, I've got to tell you. So let's get into this week. What's going on? It's official. We have the hottest auction market ever. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Right around the country. Now, during the week, APRA came out and they put the banks on notice again. But fortunately, this time, their changes and, the, and what they've been doing with the banks have been relatively subtle because you've got to remember, I'm the one who called them the, uh, the economic terrorists of Australia back when they did things and they hit everything with a, a sledgehammer back in 2017. Well, this time they haven't bought out the sledgehammer, but they probably bought out a hammer where they probably could have done things with a scalpel, let's face it. So fortunately, I think we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see where this goes, but they haven't been as bad as they were last time. So why APRA is worried about the, um, you know, the exact thing that the politicians have been out there trying to create for the last 10 years uh, and why I think the pollies will, uh, will win this one. Uh, and there's a bit of policy fighting going on within the government at the moment. How we end up with the hottest auction market ever, even in traditional auction black spots where we don't like auctions. And why this is the toughest rental market ever. So we've got a lot of evers this week. And why normal uh, will make them even tougher. So what is the new normal? Let's start with the governments. Look, the governments are fighting with each other. We've got the APRA fighting with the Reserve Bank of Australia. We've got APRA fighting with the federal government. We've got APRA fighting with the state government. And it's crazy what's going on at, on at the moment. I don't think one end of the government's talking to the other at the moment. Let's start with APRA and the Reserve Bank of Australia. See, we had the Reserve Bank of Australia came out oh, a couple of months ago now and said, we are not going to raise interest rates until we meet certain targets. And if the property prices is a byproduct of us keeping low interest rates, so be it. So they don't really care about what's happening in the uh, property price market. Whereas APRA, on the other hand, are going, oh, we're getting too hot. You know, the, the lending ratio is too hot and all this kind of stuff. So they've stuck their sticky nose in again. I'm not so concerned this time because I actually think there's a little bit of warrant in what they're doing here. But I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so this is an article that came out during the week. APRA tightens lending rules to target property boom. Well, it's not really the they're targeting the property boom. What they're actually targeting is lending ratios. 
So this is called the macroprudential restrictions. It's <laughs> a big word. What it basically means is um, whatever your current uh, interest rate is, they're adding when they they assess you for a loan somewhere between two and a half to three percent. So they've increased it from two and a half to three percent. So that is the official line now. If you're paying. 3% on your mortgage and you're going to go for a, a new mortgage, they're going to assess it as if you're paying 6% interest. Now, why are they doing this? Well, I've got a little bit of a take on that and it's more about the first home buyer market than anything. But Eliza Owen came out during the week from CoreLogic and described the changes as subtle. Doesn't see it having uh, a big impact, but more uh, um, macro prudential restrictions may be coming and that's the big worry that uh, APRA is going to put their you know put their a big stick into gear again and start uh, start really hammering the economy look maybe hopefully APRA learned its lesson from what it did back in 2017 got total egg over its face um, with what they did with their bank restrictions back then they really killed the economy it was APRA who killed the economy and we saw um, you know, a massive contraction in the economy. And if that been let go for very much longer, we could have even been looking at a recession, even without COVID. So, uh, you know, APRA better be, better be absolutely careful in what they're doing here. They're a law unto themselves, I'm afraid. And this chart really shows that. It shows the effect of what those APRA changes did. If you go back there to 2017, when they made those dramatic changes and effect on the banks, it brought uh, the economy down nearly 15%. Um, and uh, then we started to pick up again um, through uh, the latter end of 2019. And then, of course, we had COVID. So down she came again. Um, and we've been growing out of that. So these restrictions, they've come off a little bit. That second um, coming back there is more about the lockdowns than anything else. Um, but we'll see what, uh, what effect these new APRA changes actually have. And look, their reason for doing things is because nearly 22% of all new loans funded for the June quarter had a debt to income ratio of six times or more. Now that's a level that APRA considers to be too risky. So for instance, if you had a loan, if you had a, an income of say $100,000, it means that the banks are lending you uh, $600,000 or more. So that's their concern. And uh, you know that's up from last year. It, look, last year, up it was 16% last year, it was 22% this year. I don't really see that as a, a massive thing because last year was extraordinary. You know, we were in the midst of COVID, so I don't think you can compare anything to last year. We actually have to go back two years in order to get some kind of accurate figure. But for all households, the uh, debt to income ratios reached a record high for owner occupiers of 102%. Now, um, you know, that's annual housing credit growth of 5.6% is outstripping income growth, which is only there at 1.6%. So let's just deal with that for a moment. First of all, the, uh, the wages. Now look, wages are low. They haven't gone up for about six years. Um, we've had a lot of knocks. We had, first of all, the knock that APRA caused in the first place from 2017. And uh, then we've had the knock of COVID and we really haven't got to a stage where we've recovered from that enough that, the, uh, you know, the unions and the like are saying, well, come on, boys, you know, you're making some good profits. It's now time to start increasing wages. 
So uh, now that we have such a strong um, employment rate and our unemployment rate is coming down dramatically, we're going to start to see wage pressure. That's not a bad thing because we haven't had it for a long time. And until we start to get that wage pressure up and we start to go right across the industries, we'll start to see a little bit more inflation and other things start to happen, which is not a bad thing because we're very low from the inflation perspective. Come back to um, the increase in credit. Obviously, cheap money has meant that a lot of people are going out there buying, buying more homes. But I believe the real instigator of these problems, as the APRA sees them as being problems, and why we see debt-to-income ratios so high, is because the governments have been pushing the first home buyers. Now, first home buyers are traditionally the ones that are out there with you know 5% deposits and 2.5% deposits in some cases in mortgage insurance territory. And they're the ones that are the most vulnerable. They're the ones most at risk. So uh, we saw the same thing happen uh, back through, uh, through GFC. And we're seeing the same thing happen again now. Now, the reason there's been such a push for the first home buyers is because we've got things like the state government, even this week, Victorian state government came out with a new $500 million home buyers fund where they're going to be um, you know, part owners in properties to the tune of something like 3,000 homes. Well, you know, you've got state governments going, here's some money, here's some money. If you're a first home buyer, get out there and, and buy homes. And APRA's going, oh, no, no, no. You know, we want to make sure that, the, the, uh, you know, the, the, that they don't get that lending ratio too high. But the two don't match. We've got one fighting the other. Um, at a federal level, we've got the same thing. We've got the first home uh, loans deposit scheme with the extra $10,000. And then on top of that, we've got the state, all the states have got their first home buyers grants. And then the, you know, we had the big push from the federal government about, about the home builders grant that we had in there as well. So you've got all of this money going into the building and construction industry. And that's what's causing this. We've got cheap money on one hand. We've got money pouring out into the industry to get you into homes. Of course, you're going, the banks are going to be uh, in a situation where their lending ratios are a little bit higher than they normally have been. So, you know, you start to look at which states are being affected the most. New South Wales is the highest. Surprise, surprise. Then we have uh, Queensland, Victoria, and you can read the rest for yourself. ACT comes in pretty close after that. Then South Australia, WA, Tassie, and even the Northern Territory at 3% there. So that's where the that's where the big push has been. But it's interesting when you start to have a look at the age groups. Because if you look at the age groups, you can see there that the biggest age group, the biggest um, taker-upper of all of this with the first home buyer's money and the home loans and everything going out, the assistance, is between that 18 to 29-year-olds. Well, they are the most vulnerable, but they're also the highest risk takers because they're the youngest and they've got more time to to earn more money and all of those things. So, so you know... When we look at risk from an economics perspective, it's to be expected. Um, and if those, uh, you know, if that that group uh, was caught up in uh, interest rates rising and they started to have to sell their properties and other things, you know, I think there's enough interest in the market. And you know, once we open the borders, other things are going to change as well. Uh, that they won't actually be losing money. It's not going to cause a crash in the market. Um, but some people definitely are overextended on their mortgages and it was really brought about by a lot of the schemes that came out at a state and federal level. When you start to have a look at what people are earning, 
to get all of that extra assistance uh, for a single applicant. You can see there basically most of it's gone to somewhere between 45,000 through to um, 80 to 100,000. That's the, the most recipients of the money. And then if you look at the light blue line for a couples, we're talking about a combined income of somewhere around 100 to 125, 150 thereabouts. So that's the type of um, income bracket that a lot of that money has gone out to. It's not something to be concerned about, but it's interesting to watch. Um, from an investor perspective, it means you've got to make sure that all of your properties count, uh, that you're not sitting there with just another ho-hum property that's not going anywhere, um, because from a lending perspective, it might get a little bit tighter. But what it also means is that now you should, well, now's the time to be stepping up anyway. Now's the time to get educated. Now's the time to, to really make your portfolio work really super hard because of the market that we're in. And you've got the potential to do that. And that's why I offer my breakthrough sessions. I've got advisors sitting by ready to talk to you guys about uh, your situation and where you want to head and your goals and all of those things and how we can help you. So they're breakthrough sessions. They're free. All you've got to do to pick up on one of those is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. And uh, there's, uh, you, there's appointment times there. You can, uh, you can lock in one of those appointments. They're about 60 minutes long. Um, and we can show you how stepping up and getting yourself educated can really, really benefit you in this market. Then the second point that I, I raised there before was this is the hottest auction market ever. And uh, we have clearance rates right across all of the cities sitting up over 80%. Now, Sydney and Melbourne often get to these kind of rates, but it's unheard of to have uh, auctions in Adelaide and Brisbane and Darwin and Perth at these kind of levels. We just don't get hung up on auctions. It's not our thing. Well, I tell you what, it's our thing now because, uh, you know, the clearance rates are just phenomenal. This is a, a, the most recent chart there you can see of auction clearance rates. And with, you know, we're up there in the highest. We're up there as high as we ever have been back in 2014, 2016. That's when, you know, auction clearance rates were right up there. We started to get, get up there again at the end of 2019. And then, of course, COVID hit and we see that great big um, drop there from there. Well, we're back up there again. So, uh, you know, this is this is something that that um, is, is really fueling a lot of the market. And it's just another indicator that the, the market has a, a massive trend upwards, which I think we all know. That's what it looks like in, in actual percentage figures, not as a chart, but in a bar chart there. And you can see, look, they're all over, they're all over 80% in, in the major cities, including Perth, that's never been known to have uh, you know, high clearance rates from an auction. They normally just you know, buy it. This chart kind of says the same thing, but it actually talks about numbers. Now, the big numbers here, obviously, in Sydney and Melbourne, they are the biggest um, cities that really dominate the auction uh, the, the auction as a, as a form of selling. But even Brisbane, even Adelaide, um, Canberra typically follows Sydney, but they're up there as well. Now, this chart is actually quite important because what it shows is the monthly sales relative to the same month the year before. Now, the dark blue line at the top is 2020. And you can see we are actually selling more houses now than we did in any of the previous years, right back to 2017. Now, why is that the case? I keep talking about the lack of supply. Why are we selling more? Because basically anything that goes on the market sells. 
So previously, we had more supply. We had more properties on the market, but they didn't all sell. Now, everything that goes on the market sells. So that's why we're seeing that really high uh, sales rate compared to uh, what they've been in previous years. And this is what's fueling it, or partly fueling it. We've got very low interest rates. And, you know, I don't think interest rates are going to go up quickly. They will go up eventually. Uh, but I think we've still got at least six months, eight months, nine months, a year, and possibly even more before we start to see much of an increase in interest rates. So good time to be uh, making hay while the sun shines. Now, we've, uh, that's really flowing through into lending. So what we see here is lending is up. Loans are up right across the board. All the banks are reporting it. Um, so we've got record lending as well. And this is even, again, higher than what we saw pre-GFC. So record lending, record pricing, um, record levels of auctions, record levels of volume of sales. It's all going, it's all going on at the moment. And this is, a, 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 this is the home price index. And you can see how quickly that's really come up. So from the very depths of where we were with COVID. Now, that all flows through to the rental market as well. And we've got the toughest rental market we've seen ever, not since a year ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. This is ever. The vacancy data is um, incredibly tight across the country. There's no city that's escaping this. And this is driving a huge surge in rental pricing. Rental pricing is up 8.9%. If you look at the cities nationally, uh, just for the month, we saw 1.7%. Uh, and you can see what they are uh, right across Sydney, up in the month, in the, um, the uh, 12 months there to, just to the, sorry, the month of September, we're seeing 2.4%. Um, you know, and that's, that's what we're seeing right across the right across the the gate. We're seeing these vacancy rates coming down. So rentals are going up, um, eight point nine percent. Vacancies are coming down. Vacancies are coming down nationally at one point seven percent. Sydney's down two point four. Melbourne's down three point four. They had a big oversupply in units. Remember, so they're not going to be as good as some of the other figures there. Um, and, uh, you know, was Brisbane's down 1.3, we're sitting out there, Perth 0.6, Adelaide 0.5, Hobart 0.4, um, Canberra 0.9 and Darwin at 0.6. So all the, um, you know, all the, the vacancies are going down and you put that into a chart, that's what Sydney looks like. You know, look at that downward slide. Look at Melbourne, not as, not as dramatic as Sydney, but again, that's because Melbourne's got a massive oversupply of units. And this is a combination of units and housing when you look at these figures. There's Brisbane, gradual slide, right back through from 2017. It's getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and it's crazy right now. Look at Perth, same thing. Now, that's on the off the back of the mining boom. But uh, Perth has been slowly improving, improving from a, a rental yield perspective. Adelaide, the same story. Look at Darwin. You know, even Darwin's down at practically no vacancies. And it's crazy. I think a lot of that is about people entering in through Darwin and then just sitting there and waiting to see what actually happens. So I don't think that's a long-term trend for Darwin, but it's certainly where it sits at the moment. So 8.9% uh, year on year through to September. 
Um, and that's the chart. You, you know, visually look at that chart. See where the the increases are. I mean, Darwin, the it's up nationally. We're sitting at eight point nine percent up from a you know rental perspective. Darwin is up twenty one percent on houses and twenty percent on units. <laughs> we haven't seen this ever. Um, the dragger in the chain there, of course, is Melbourne, and as I said, massively oversupplied there in. Uh, units and then probably sluggish from a housing perspective because of all the lockdowns. I, I feel for you guys down in Victoria with all your lockdowns and everything else going on. Um, you know, you really have got little Hitler in charge there. I hope next time you vote him out because, oh my God, he's ruining your state. Not that I've got any political bias or whatever else, but I'm telling you, he's a little Hitler. Um, and what's, ha what's going to happen when we open up the international borders. You know, all of that pressure that we're feeling right now, it's going to be exacerbated when we open up international borders. And where do they traditionally go? Sydney and Melbourne. So those markets are going to be very, very tight, very extreme. And look, the federal government's sitting there ready to open up those markets as soon as it possibly can. The difficulty at the moment is the federal government's got no say because the state governments are all going, not in my backyard, not in my backyard. So we've got all of these state governments that are ruling the country at the moment. We are not a united Australia. We are very much uh, segregated by our state leaders because they have control over health. And while ever they keep the mandate there on, on, uh, on you know, pandemic and everything else, then uh, we're going to be ruled by the state governments. And they don't want to give that up. So they're going to extend that as long as they possibly can, I can tell you. Um, and the federal government's going, we need to open the borders, we need to open the borders, we need to get these people to come in so that we can start to pay for the, the, uh, the cost of COVID. And it's going to happen, it's just a matter of when. I'm picking probably mid to late next year. And as soon as that happens, we are going to have another massive surge in, uh, in demand for, for rentals and demand for housing. And that's going to carry us right through probably to about the mid-20s. So long term, you can see there what's happened from new arrivals. It's fallen off the charts, um, but that will very quickly turn around as soon as we open up the gates. Because as soon as we open up the gates, there's a lot of people queuing there ready to come in. It's just a matter of how many we let in. That's what it'll be about. Not um, how many people want to come, but who are we going to let in? Um, and with the, the national rental vacancies, as you can see there, uh, they're already low, they're going to get worse. It's going to get worse as soon as those floodgates start to happen. That's, you know, that's just that upward trend I showed you there before. So look, to finish off with our, our today and what's happening here, I've got a little bit of a quote and it says, what you do today is what matters most. So make it count. You know, I have a little motto about, uh, you know, trying to do everything that I can today. So if I look back on today, then um, I'm going to be proud of what I did. Always try and do what your future self will thank you for. And it's a, you know, that's another version of, of what I've got there on the screen. Because when you're doing that, you're making better decisions. And uh, you're respecting yourself, you're respecting your, your ability to be able to make decisions and what that means for you into the future. And the better decisions you make, the more money you make. Now, sometimes you're going to stuff up and that's okay because in stuffing up, you've got the opportunity to learn. Don't beat yourself up about it. Go and celebrate your mini successes. Go and celebrate the things that are, um, you know, that, that, you've, that you've had a little win on. It doesn't have to be huge, but the more you actually acknowledge yourself as successful, 
the better off you're going to be in the future because you're training your anatomy to look out for opportunities for success. Your neuropeptides, your neurotransmitters, your energy levels, your quarks, your all sorts of things come into play. Not going to go into it here, but uh, it's really about celebrating those successes and making sure that you, you are constantly in the frame of the decisions you make today are what's going to be your future tomorrow. And that you know, leads into me saying that I want you to take up one of those free, absolutely free, 60-minute real estate breakthrough sessions with one of my advisors. All you've got to do is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash, take them up um, and make sure that you know, you, you're really... You're really making today count, making every decision you make from this point forward really count because in this market, it's an extreme market and you need to be ahead of the curve as much as possible and you simply don't have time to make mistakes. And uh, you know, those mistakes can be incredibly costly, so we don't want to see you there. One of these appointments is certainly going to set you on the right path. Take them up. They're free. They're with one of my advisors and that's what you need to do next. So thank you for tuning in to my Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass for the week. Make sure you subscribe so that you've, uh, you get these coming through to you automatically um, and you stay on top of things. Make sure you take up one of those free advisor sessions. And I'll be back again next week to share some more exciting things that are going on in our property space next week. So catch you again then, guys. Bye for now. See you next week.